whereunto you is born this day a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That's what Christmas is about. Whether it's a children's Christmas special or kids dressed in bathrobes and angel costumes for a children's program, or the scripture being read in worship or around the table before Christmas dinner, there's something captivating about the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. I was reading an article on the Charlie Brown Christmas special that we just um, watched a clip from, and after all these years, this simple cartoon story continues to be one of the most watched and longest-running Christmas specials ever. But the original producers of the show would have bet otherwise. When Charlie Brown Christmas was first created, the executives of this studio were asked to produce the program, and they weren't very excited about it. They thought it would be a bomb. But since Coca-Cola had already agreed to sponsor the show, they, they decided to go ahead with it. The sticky point, though, was the clip that we just watched. They told Charles Schultz that this portion, the story of Jesus' birth, read from the Gospel of Luke, had to come out. They felt that people would be offended by the reading of Scripture on, on network television. This was in 1965. But Schultz insisted that the story stay, since the story was the point of the show. Of course, this scene ended up being the most powerful and moving moment in the program. It's a beautiful story that captures our hearts, but it's more than a story, isn't it? It's, it's a true story, and because it's true, it's extremely important that we understand what, what it means for our lives and decide how we will respond to it. Uh, we're starting a new message series this morning based on the first chapter of the Gospel of John, where John gives a greatly shortened version of the story of Jesus' birth. In John's Gospel, there are no angel appearances, no trip to Bethlehem, or stories of shepherds guarding their flocks by night. In, in verse 14, we find his version of the story of Jesus' birth, and, and this is our memory verse uh, this week, so let's read it together. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. John 1.14, only ten words, but they're packed with rich meaning. We're going to take some time this morning to unpack them as we talk about why, uh, like Charles Schultz, we believe it's so important to keep Jesus Christ at the center of the Christmas story and how we can respond to his coming. So if you want to turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, John starts his Gospel and introduces Jesus in this way in chapter 1 of John, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is John's understanding of who Jesus was and why he came. Jesus, the living word, was before all things, and through him all things were created. He's the source of life, and because of his love, his love for us, he took on flesh and came to dwell among us. Now, there's a theological word for this. It's incarnation. And the definition is on the screen that the doctrine that the second person of the Trinity, the word that John was speaking of in John 1, 
took on a human form in the person of Jesus Christ and is both fully God and fully human. The first 18 verses of John's Gospel set the stage for the rest of the Gospel. And John wants us to know that who Jesus is and why he came so that we'll believe and through Jesus have eternal life. This is the good news of the Bible. This is God's story. It's the lens that Christians see the world through. It's how we make sense of everything that happens to us. But more than that, God's intention is that it would shape how we live our day-to-day lives. The Christmas story isn't just great material for a cartoon Christmas special. It's and uh, it impacts our lives in eternally significant ways. And this morning we're going to look at three ways that we can respond to the story of Jesus' birth and, and subsequently his life, death, and resurrection. And John's announcement that the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. So go ahead and pull out your message notes and as we look at these um, three ways to respond. In the starting place, the first way to respond is to the story of Jesus' birth is to, uh, number one, receive the gift of life that Jesus came to give you. God is with us. But is God within you? For God to be within you and, and within me, we have to make a decision. We, we have to know him, not just know about him. And if you've never taken that step, made the decision to invite Jesus to be the Savior and Lord of your life, I would encourage you to do that. If you have questions, don't let your questions and things you wonder about this story keep you from seriously searching out answers. There's too much writing on this to just go through your life and not earnestly seek out the answers to your question. If if God's really moved towards you through Jesus Christ, wouldn't it make sense to investigate that and see what it means for your life. Acts 17 um, has these words, Acts 17, 26, From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhibit, inhabit sorry, the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he's not far from any one of us. In Hebrews 11.6, we find this assurance. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God promises in these scriptures and others that we find in the Bible that those who seek him will find him. Why not make this Christmas season, the Christmas you accept that invitation to stand at the manger and find a Savior who loves you and and gave everything to be with you, and then to begin to live your life for him. If you've never taken that step and want to do that this morning, it's as simple as accepting the forgiveness and the life that he offers you, and to ask him to come in and lead your life. Uh, if you have questions about that, would like to speak with someone about those questions, there's a, there's a place on the back of your connection card to indicate that you'd like to talk to me or someone about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Just, just check that box, and I'll contact you and set up a time to talk. So the first way to respond is receive the gift. And then the second is to recognize that Jesus understands your needs and cares about you. 
uh, during the holiday season, we'll often see clips of celebrities and NFL football players and politicians working maybe in a soup kitchen or helping someone in need, visiting the hospital or something. They try to identify with the poor and those that are hurting, which is a great thing to do. We're called to do that as Christians, to, to meet the needs of others. But I doubt that they're going to give up their perks and their positions and their planes and, and to do what Jesus did and to live with an experienced life like the people that they're helping. Jesus didn't just hand out a couple of turkeys and then go back to heaven. He put on skin, and he lived, and he breathed, and he walked, and he talked amongst us. He was tempted and tested and tried and tortured. That's what it cost Jesus to put on flesh. And if, we're gonna, if you're having a difficult time right now in your life, you can know that Jesus understands because he's been through the worst that life can throw at you. He's been to the grave, but ultimately he triumphed over the grave. And this is the good news for us, because Jesus came and took up residence in a human body and faced all the kinds of trials and temptations that we face. We can know that he understands and cares about what is going, what we're going through. Because he overcame sin and death, we know that he has the power to help us. And, you know, some of you this morning are carrying high levels of anxiety and stress and maybe a tremendous load of pain. This could be the first Christmas you're facing without a spouse or a family member or a loved one. Or maybe your marriage looks good to everyone on the outside, but in your heart of heart, you soon know unless something changes, you're not going to make it. Maybe you received a bad report from the doctor and you're wondering about the future. Or you're worried about your finances and making ends meet. Maybe there's something else weighing on your heart today. In the Gospels, we see Jesus facing all the same kinds of struggles we face. And when you're going through hard stuff, the, the temptation is to say, no one understands what I'm going through. But Jesus came and he took on flesh so that we can add two words to that, but Jesus. When you're thinking, no one feels what I feel, no one knows my pain, just add those two words, but Jesus. No one understands the pressure I'm under at work, Add two words, but Jesus. No one understands how hard it is to wait. Add two words, but Jesus. No one cares what I'm going through. Add two words, but Jesus. Holidays are emotional times, and even though we're surrounded by people, we can live with large levels of loneliness. Hurts are brought out at family get-togethers. Emptiness and losses seem more painful and real. Jesus understands all of these things. He experienced life and hurt. Hebrews 4.15 says, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same temptations we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of, grace, of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it. We have a Savior who was tempted, tested, tried, tortured, and yet he triumphed. In Jesus' name, Emmanuel, means God with us. He, he promises to be with us, and we know that he'll do that because of the cross. Jesus has leaned in towards you, and today Jesus is saying, no matter what your circumstances this Christmas, loneliness, brokenness, concerns about your children, uncertainty about the future, fears about health, self-doubts, I'm with you. Just put your trust in me. I've moved towards you. Lean into me. Rely on my presence. And then the third way that we can respond is to 
Get involved in making Jesus' love and hope known. Jesus took on flesh to seek and save the lost. That's why he came. He came to serve. And our response to all that Jesus gave and did for us is, is to serve others and to make his love and his hope known. And, you know, there are so many ways that you can do this um, throughout any time of year uh, to make his love known and to serve others. But especially during the holidays when people's feelings of loss and loneliness are kind of amplified by the fact that, you know, there's a loved one missing from the home and when poverty and lack are magnified and all you have to do is look around you at the needs of others and, and then find a way to meet that need. There are emotional needs, uh, lonely people. There are hurting people. There are financial needs, people uh, struggling with poverty and how to buy gifts for their, for, the, for their family, and there are spiritual needs. God calls us to follow in Jesus' footsteps and to move towards people to meet their needs. And, you know, when you do that, you never know how God is going to use that in your life. Um, I got a Facebook message this past week when our kids were in high school, their, their friends would come over to our house and hang out. And eventually they ended up going to church with us. And, you know, we would haul two or three kids to church with us every Sunday whose, whose parents didn't uh, attend church and others would come their parents, uh, with their parents or get dropped off. And at one point, Forrest and I looked around ourselves and there were about 15 teenagers sitting with us and we felt like God was calling us to start a youth group, which which we did. And we so we hung out with, you know, about 25 kids every Sunday evening and in a variety of ways um, during the week and the kids' sporting things and all that. But I got this message on Facebook from one of the kids that was in the group who was also a, a good friend of our daughter's. And and I hadn't heard from her in about 20 years, so it was a, it was a good surprise. And, and this is the message. Uh, she said, I don't think I ever thanked you and Forrest for carting me to church all those years so long ago. You helped plant a seed in my heart that, while it lay dormant for many years, grew and continues to grow now. I was saved three years ago. I have a wonderful Southern Baptist, <laughs> sorry, uh, church home. And I have lots of great memories of Concord UMC. It's always been in the back of my mind that I was missing something. It was there because you guys helped put it there. It is just a reminder that while from time to time you may think your efforts are futile, they aren't. Thank you again, and I hope that you are all doing well. God bless and have a great holiday season. With much love, your sister in Christ, Jackie. You, you never know what kind of difference you will make in someone's life. And, and sometimes um, it may, even, may seem like it's wasted. But 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Jesus moved towards us. Uh, he took on flesh. He dwelt among us. As his followers, we're called to move towards others and offer the love and the hope that we've found in Jesus. This Christmas is our opportunity and our reminder to plant seeds of hope and love in the hearts of people around us. Would you pray with me?